What is up and welcome to another edition of the Cross the Pitch with myself, Dave Miller and Matt Guerra just across from me there. Uh, it's been an interesting week for the Union uh, on and off the pitch. Obviously, international call-ups is going to cause havoc for their game tomorrow night. Frustrating loss in DC. But we're going to start off the show with uh, quite an important sort of um, part towards the Union, which is their uh, link to the charity Kick Childhood Can- Cancer, as you can see with the uh, hashtag below. So, Mike, if you could just expand on what this sort of charity and this initiative is that Union obviously do a lot of great work and are so dedicated to help help battling. Yeah, it's a pretty cool thing that's going across a lot, a lot of platforms, a lot of teams, a lot of individuals are supporting it. If you do a hashtag kick childhood cancer, like you can see on the screen in front of us, Continental Tire is donating $1 to pediatric cancer researcher in the month of September for each tweet using the hashtag kick childhood cancer. So it's a pretty easy thing to do. I've already done it. I know tons of people that I know have done it as well. So it's, it's just, you know, a small gesture for those who are trying to make a, a difference out there. No, absolutely, man. Um, and obviously, we'll obviously get on the show. Obviously, it's such an important thing, not just obviously childhood cancer. Is horrible. Cancer in general is just horrible. And just to see young children have to go through such heartbreaking, heart, such a heartbreaking um, disease is just it's horrible to see. And obviously, uh, everyone, if you can get this hashtag out and you can tweet this out, just one dollar, that will make such a difference to not only helping fund surgeries, helping fund research and just do so much towards kicking childhood cancer's ass, man. Just make sure exactly. obviously read about initiative below, um, tweet it out, get add the extra dollars, get the dollars piling up and help kick childhood cancer. Yep, you got a whole um, month to do it. Yeah. So got another twenty eight days to whole go. Month. Whole yep. month, twenty eight. You can tweet it twenty eight once a day if you want to you can tweet it five times <laughs> yeah. a day if you want to just try and help out as obviously childhood childhood cancer is horrible cancer in general is horrible it would just that obviously this initiative is fantastic i'm so glad to see the union doing it all these other MLS teams are doing it and it's just a great initiative to you know help not just spread awareness but it's also also helping fund money towards the cause i mean it's a great initiative yeah. and hopefully it can help take a giant step towards defeating not just childhood cancer but cancer in general absolutely well now, said man yeah. so obviously with uh and obviously point me of one as well we obviously uh, mind them mike's hearts both gone to anyone any families or any people that are suffering with cancer or have suffered with cancer in the past this is a great initiative to help hopefully mm-hmm. help just end this horrible horrible disease and obviously That's we'll great. go on obviously um we'll move on to some union news uh jack devry <laughs> A player that we've barely really seen as uh, Connor <laughs> moved on to Venezia, who are in Serie A. I know um, people will be going, oh, it's another American player in uh, Europe's league. But apparently, he's not even actually featuring in the Venezia first team. He's going to be no. a part of their like academy setup. So, he's going to be like their under-19s and their B team. So, I mean, obviously, what do you make of that, Mike? Do you think it's just a move for him to, for them to see how he is before buying him or? Yeah, I mean, it's only a, it's only a one year loan, so it's a short little stint. Um, you know, right now, aside from this uh, coming game against New England, Jack isn't going to get a whole lot of play with with the first no. team, especially with Davo coming in. So I, I'm happy for him. It's good to get his name out there. It's good for the Union to get their name across international waters, as they already have yeah. been doing. Um, so it's good. You know, I, I can't wait to see. Hopefully, we can see some highlights from him from uh, from from that team. Yeah, obviously he's been in concussion protocol for so long now. Oh yeah. Um, so it'll be good for, for him to actually get some game time, but I'm sure 
in a sense, the union will be frustrated as well at the fact they finally just got him back and he's gone straight out on loan to the team to showcase the best of luck. And there's not really much else to say because we've uh, he must have probably played a handful of games for the team. So you can't really we can't really sit here and go he's a great player. He's gonna right. join it, so yeah. Um, but obviously, as well as we touched upon at the start at the top of the show. Um, this weekend is going to be a very makeshift new look union team with plenty of changes. I know Jim said, we're not going to change it too much in the press conference, which you'll run us through in a minute, but there's going to be no Baizo who would have probably started. There's going to be no Jameer Montero who started the last game. Gazdag started the last game. Corey Burke featured in the last game. Alvis Powell featured in the last game. Andre Blake featured in the last game, yep. as did uh, Jose Martinez. So that's six or seven players who are, were probably going to play or going to feature out. So we know that Jim said, we won't change it up too much. There's going to be five or six changes, being realistic. And you got Jack Elliott out as well. So there's going to be yep. plenty of changes ahead of this game. He, so, yeah, I was on the pressure today, um, and he, Jim mentioned not putting people out of position too much. But yeah. obviously, there has to be change to be made. I mean, right back is one of the positions that we're pretty, you know, obviously uh, shorthanded on. You mentioned Harry yeah. L., one of the reporters. Uh, actually, real quick, I'm drafting Tra- Travis Kelsey in the second round. I told you I was drafting Ooh. just now. Oh, look at that. Yeah. Uh, Who did you get first round? I got Ezekiel Elliott first round, and I just got Travis Boo. Kelsey. So there you go. Boo. I, I bad, know. Bad. I don't like it either. But anyway, so uh, one, of the, one of the reporters had mentioned uh, – Ali Bedoya playing right back and, and, and whether we can see some sort of trickery or some sort of different formation or different lineup. And, and Jim mentioned, like I said, he wants people to play where they are comfortable. He wants people to play where the team can succeed in. But at the same time, he knows that there will probably be at least one or two people playing something they're not used to. So he doesn't want to give Bruce Arians any sort of advantage. He doesn't want to yeah. put anything out there on paper. He's just going to basically, he kept it close to the, to the, uh, to the chest or to the vest, uh, uh this past, uh, presser. I mean, yeah, as you said, I mean, he doesn't want to give too much weight. He doesn't want to play too many players out of position. Yeah. Um, a player that we haven't seen recently and a player we actually discussed heavily last week, Matt Royale, obviously we know he can play on the right hand side of the midfield or the back of the defense. Could he potentially be starting at right back on Saturday? On, it's on Friday, Friday night. Yeah, it's possible. Um, actually, really quick on Bedoya, because we had just kind of spoken about him re- uh, previously. Uh, Jim mentioned that yesterday, so that been Wednesday, he had received a bit of a knock on his left ankle. So he thinks he's, he's he seems to be optimistic about Ali playing. He mentions Bedoya is probably going to try to play it through whatever it is that he's dealing with. So hopefully it's something serious. But yeah, I, I could see Real finally getting some minutes back there. I don't. Yeah. I don't really know, unless they go three in the back, which I extremely, I highly doubt. I'm pretty sure they're going to stick yeah. to a more, you know. They don't have the personnel. They don't have the personnel to do that. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Matt Real out there and, and you have yeah. Harry L. Maybe you see him for the first time. So there's there's options, yeah. I mean, they could go through at the back of the field a bit dangerous and put Oriano and Colin in the back three, maybe. That'd be, that'd be good fun. Yeah, he's given us a few heart attacks over the the last his few uh, matches he's been in there. But yeah, you know it's it's one of those you kind of have. And Jim mentioned it. You have nothing to lose by playing this game tomorrow. You can yeah. try something out. You can get creative. You can get reckless. You don't want to lose a game, of course. You never want to lose a game. But in given the situation, given the circumstances, this is one where you just 
get creative and and kind of swing yeah. for the fences. Absolutely. So you should be creative and sort of try and throw them off a bit because they won't know the New England won't know what to expect from New England's coming into this game. They'll know the Union's bread and butter is you got the same old back four: Bizo, Elliot, um, Glesnes, and Wagner. Midfield, you're going to have Martinez, Flack, Bedoya, Miro, Garzdag, and then some a combination of Corey Burke, Casper Jabirko, and um, Sergio Santos up front. In fact, you've got Andre Blake and goal right away. They're not going to have Blake, so I presume Bendick will be in goal. You're not going to have Bizo. I think so. You're not going to have um, Jack Elliott. So that's just 60% of the back five gone already. No, Jose Martinez. Bedoya might not be fit to play. Gazdag won't be there. Nor will Corey Burke. Cheers, Adam. Um, but Joanne, that's when they won't know what to expect. And that could potentially work in Jim Curtin's favour. As you know, as we've seen, the team's been so stale recently. Maybe the fact there will be changes, there will be adjustments to the way the team plays might work in their favour. Yeah, I agree. And, and you have, we have been, I feel fan, fans in general have been preaching for the young guys to play, these bench players who have contributed already to finally get their minutes. So it might be the spark the club needs. Um, you know, maybe for the, the starters who are going away, it might be good for them to get away from Philly and, and clear their minds because they're, they're playing all out of sorts. And it, I mean, we can, if you want to kind of segue ourselves into the DC United preview now. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, review rather, DC United review. Once the game ended, or the next day after, what was your kind of gut reaction? How did you feel after seeing them just get embarrassed? Uh, I mean, it sounds harsh, but nothing really, because it was something that I was anticipating. It was going to come at some point. The Union have been lucky over the last couple of months that they haven't been totally battered in the game, embarrassed in the game, like they sort of were against DC, and it's been coming for a while now. It could have, could have happened in Orlando. Yeah. Could have happened in Atlanta. Luckily, they got themselves back into those sort of games, but that was the sort of game where they just couldn't get anything going for 90 minutes. They were lucky to even score. Um, oh, it was, yeah, absolutely pure luck that they scored. Yeah. DC United could have been two or three and up inside the first 15, 20 minutes. If it wasn't for Andre Blake, it could have been it could have been seven or eight. It really could have been one of those games where they got absolutely bad. But as I said, I just didn't really I wasn't shocked. I wasn't it was it was a very poor performance, but I wasn't shocked because a result well, not a result, because I guess looking on paper three one away from home really isn't that embarrassing on the face of it. But the actual performance, the level of intensity and what and how they let DC totally run all over them was something I've been expecting for a while now. So I wasn't totally shocked, but it was an awful result. And I, th- I think you, I think you said it correctly. I wasn't shocked because I felt like they've been kind of declining their level of play, but it was disappointing. It was, yeah, it was a bit unsettling. Here, okay, so let me, let me, let me go back two weeks now. Okay, so two weeks ago in the press conference with Jim Curtin, he says this team is a bit out of sorts, out of their loss to Montreal. So we're going back to basics. He said that multiple times. We're going back to basics. Yeah. The problem with that is if you say we're going back to basics, then you should expect a prepared, fresh, and ready-to-go lineup. That's that's what everybody's yeah. like, okay, here we go. We're going to get right back in it. We're going to go down to D.C. against a team that we played well against previously, and we're going to have a good, a good outing. 
then you see like that Christmas tree formation with the, uh, the, the the way they changed things up. They put Casper up top by himself. Again, you felt, okay, he's doing something different. He's yeah. he's realizing that his personnel isn't fitting the four four two. He's trying something different. The first fifteen minutes of that half was abysmal. And even Curtin said that he we switched. He according to Curtin, he said that we switched out of the the what was that the four three two one within the yeah. first seventeen minutes. He said within the first seventeen minutes, uh, we we stopped running that thing. Oh, I just realized I'm on the clock. I apologize. My bad. Um, okay, Dave, uh, Edwards Hilaire or James Robinson. What other options have you got? Josh Jacobs, Chris Carson, and I already have Zeke. Ooh. I'm gonna go Hilaire, Edwards Hilaire, doing oh, yeah. it. Okay. So, so you got to pick up Gus Edwards at some point, man. Like he's on, he's down there too. Anyway, back to the union, yeah, back right. to regular football. So, yeah. uh, but the worst part about all that was too is that they didn't deserve the goal. They got the goal, and now you expect a union to play union soccer, which is get the goal, suffocate the team defensively, squeak yeah. out the the close win. But the problem is they didn't do that. They held on, they got the PK, and then they just continued to get outplayed for the rest of the half. And then yeah. and then the third goal was just embarrassing. So it was it, it was uh it was frustrating because at at what point yeah. is Jim held accountable for not fixing this team when they're back to uh, basics? Yeah. I mean in, the in frustrating I said the frustrating <laughs> thing as well. As you said, the initial formation and everything was the was the Christmas tree. The whole like the whole mantra of the Jim Curtin system is you're going to sit back, you're going to hit them on the break, and you're going to press high up the field. Going with that front three <coughs> it was never going to work because Casper's too slow to press high up the pitch. Gazdag is Gazdag doesn't press. That's not his Gazdag doesn't press, hasn't pressed, doesn't press. And Jimmy Montero can't do it on his own. So already you're going a three against one. Well, right. the way you eliminate that high press, so essentially. DC already just sort of bypassing your front three and then moving on to the field straight away. <laughs> With the no high press, they got absolutely they got absolutely ruined from having the no high press and they just bypassed the front three and just moved on into the midfield. And that's why they just dominated the game. The midfield couldn't get a grip. Um they struggled to actually press up the pitch. They didn't offer any high press. And DC just sort of had a cakewalk in the park, really. They, was, they missed Sergio Santos. Okay, so can I I'm going to stop you there. You mentioned two things that are really, really important. Sergio Santos and the midfield. So for one, I think it's time for us to get over the experiment of Jose Martinez and Leon Falk playing at the same exact time with Ali Bedoya. Because they they just have no offensive presence at all when they do that. Second thing, Sergio Santos. Is he the most important player in the starting lineup? Right now, and that seems well, kind of crazy to say, but what just on face value, what do you think of Sergio's importance to this team in terms of ranking? Where would you rank him on the starting lineup? He's top three. I mean, okay. for a team that <clears throat> for the way the union like to play, that to be counter attacking, push up the pitch quickly, and you know, take their chances when you don't have a quick, pacey player that can stretch the game that can become that you can feed the ball in many different ways. You limit, you already limit the way that you can hit teams in the counter-attack, and that's when you're right. pinned in, you lump the ball long to the striker. And when you've got Kasper up front on the zone against three, probably against three defenders, he's never going to win that. 
He's he's not no. going to win that unless you have Corey Burke up front with him. But the the way he, you the way the E like to play, they like to be quick. They like to be they like to be aggressive with the way they press. Like to be aggressive the way they counter attack and go at the pitch. You haven't got that without pace, and that's what has been lacking from this team. When Sergio isn't there, they haven't got any pace. They they and, seem lost, don't they? Without Sergio, yeah, they, they don't seem, know they, they don't know what to do. <laughs> There's no out. There is no out ball for them. I mean, literally, it, it, they get the ball, they go long, and yeah. the ball comes straight back because the ball doesn't stick with Casper. It's not saying it's Casper's fault, but when you're one against two, one against three defenders, being realistic, when the people do panic and rush to the ball long, they're not actually hitting your striker. You're just going anywhere, anywhere across the defense. So again, you're Casper's already taken out the game because they've already got the ball, and. It, it's just so frustrating. Without Sergio, they haven't got... And again, I allude to that um, New England game uh, a few weeks ago where literally Jack Elliott had the ball inside the Union's penalty area and he literally just played one long ball over the top and the Union had a corner within 15 seconds because Sergio Santos's pace allowed them to get on the ball and win a corner. Right. They don't have that without... With the lack of pace they have, because they can't hit the balls into the channels because Shabirko's not going to get there, so they have to go in the centre. But when Shabirko's outnumbered by the defenders, he's never going to win it. The ball's never going to stick. These The opposition will retain possession, and the Union are back to square one of, we've got to keep it tight. We can't get we can't get outmanned. Okay, we, so we, then I'll, I'll go, go finish your thought. Go ahead. And that was just a constant, non-stop thing against DC, against DC. It was just literally lump the ball long, DC retain possession, get the ball back. Do the exact same thing. It was literally right. like it was like Groundhog Day. It just kept happening over and over again. I'm going to ask you two questions then. One is that because their midfield with Flock and Martinez are not good enough offensively to do something different or more creative. And second, if that's the case, and Casper's not the answer up top, why put Burke in for him? Because him and Burke are essentially the same player, very similar in a lot of ways. Why not try Davo? Like if here's yeah. the sub, here's the substitutions that we saw on Saturday night. Olivier replaced Powell, Paxton Aronson replaced Miro, Quinn Sullivan replaced Gazdag, Fontana for Bedoya, and then Burke for Casper. Yeah, I I just don't understand why you're not giving Davo a chance. He's only here for a one year loan. It, it, the team isn't going to magically improve offensively with Burke in there for Casper. It's just not. We've seen it too many times. If Sergio was in there and you replace Burke with Casper, fine. I get that. I just don't see why we haven't seen him. We're going to see him tomorrow. I mean, it's yeah. it's just you don't have a choice. There's not enough players. Um, but, I mean, what did you think of, by not seeing him? Or what did you think – or what do you think could have been done better for the midfield with the substitutions that would have made the offensive more dangerous? Because they were in this match for a good amount of time in yeah. terms of the score. I mean, at three one. Well, I mean, I'm going to be um, making a popular uh, point here. Um, yeah. The signing, as you said, Cas Baby Casper is not the option up front, or Casper that guys that's not the right thing, not not the right fit. The union have signed the wrong players, or are using the play- their players in, in a system that doesn't work for them. In general, okay. so people like Casper Shabirka, if you're going to use a player like Casper, you've got to be very narrow. You've got to be very direct with the way you play, and you've got to have players immediately feeding off of him. With a player like Gazdag, you need to be possession based. You need to keep the ball. You need to 
need to keep the ball. You need to, you know, get the ball into your playmakers and let Gazdag do his job or having players out wide with him and all two strikers to feed off. The Union don't do either of them. The Union are very much circuit pressure and we're hitting the counter-attack and we'll go and we'll, you know, we'll go on the, we'll try and work the ball on the ground and we'll try and work out the pitch on the break, which doesn't fit Gazdag because the game evades him both ways. Because obviously when the game, these, the opposition are attacking, Gazdag sort of isolated. And then the same way as in the counter-attack sense where he hasn't got the time to essentially get the ball down and look at his options, beat a couple of men. Because when you're on the counter-attack, you've got to be bam, bam, bam. Be quick. He he can't do what he does when you're trying to have to be at a quick pace of counter-attack. And then going back to Shabirko, I mean, when the Union do go long ball, and that's when, again, the game evades. Gazdag, because he's the 10, he's the guy stuck in the middle. You've got him here, Shabirko's here, just in front of him. The ball's going boop, 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 boop. Gazdag just stood there watching the ball go over his head, which is obviously harsh for him to see when the Union are backs against the wall. But they're too, the Union are too com- the com- combative to fit his style of play, which is get the ball down. Not like, I'm not saying like Man City style of play, but a possession-based style of play where you work your way up the pitch, work your way into the box, which Union don't do. Union, as we no. say, are high-press counter-attack. That doesn't fit Gazdag. The high-press doesn't fit Shabirko unless he's got a striker out with him. So I think if you're going to play Shabirko, you need to have a striker up front with him. Or you do go 4-3-3-1, and then you've pretty much got like a you've got a triangle up front with two pacey players out wide. That Shabirko wins the ball. The ball's going out hopefully going to the players beyond them. And then obviously, as you said, you don't want Martinez and Flack in the same team. With a 4-2-3-1, you can play both of them in the same team. They can be a box-to-box, ball-winning midfielders, and then they can let the front four do their attacking jobs, and they can just sit there in front of the back four and protect it, essentially, letting Vizo and Kai Wagner play to their strengths, which is go up the pitch and put crosses into the box. There you go. I have solved the union's problem there in two minutes. You really have. So is there any scenario that you can see or any lineup you can see where Gazdag fits naturally in this team? Because I feel like, okay, I feel like people have been saying Miro or Gazdag are the are the obvious choices for the 10 because of their talent level, because of the positioning that they're yeah. used, comfortable with, whatever. Fine. I would say Miro is better as the eight. I think you and I both agree with there, and other yeah. people agree with that too. Box, box. So then you see, we saw this uh, against Toronto at home. When Gazdag was up top, he, Sergio had the most magnificent half in the world, and Miro was there. We thought, okay, finally this team is getting it together. Since then, it hasn't worked out. No. So if he's not working in this new formation we saw last the other night, if he's not working in the four four two. Is it just is this experiment with him just done? I mean, is it is there any way you could p- position him at all? Because he mm. we he, we put him in, at forward hasn't worked out. We've put him at the eight hasn't worked out. We put him at the ten hasn't worked out. There's there just seems like he's always out of place. He's always not in the right spot for this for the team around him. I mean, as you said, it's not the fact that he's not in the right. He's not the right. Not in the right. Like, the team, the style of play doesn't fit how he plays. So he's essentially a bystander in the sense that, right? again, the ball, he, the ball just sort of, he's just sort of the odd man out. He's sort of the union art of the, oh, it's hard to explain, but he's well, the odd okay. man out. Well, I'll, sort of I'll, a, I'll stop you right there. You, you just said it right there. He's the odd man out, which I agree. I think he, I think you want to play mirror over him easily. That's without question. So, 
if Gazag is the odd man out, who then takes his place, and how does this for- formation change? I, I think I mean in terms of how the Union like to play his odd man out because it's a combative, um, quick counter attack sort of high press style of play, and sometimes a bit direct, which all doesn't work to Gazag's strengths. He's a calm, get the ball into his feet, let players feed off him, right. create stuff, and we've seen it in games. In which the Union have got them on the ball, they've done, they've played well in possession. They've against teams like Toronto against that Toronto game where he ran the first half, he completely <laughs> ran that first half. And we've seen games where the Union have played two up front with a bit of pace with Santos because then it allows him to get on the ball and he knows that he can put balls in behind for players like Santos because they're going to get on the end of it and it's going to create more space for him when defense the defense is going to have to push off. And he's then got more space in between the field and, and the defense to do what he can do. We've seen it against Toronto with the great through ball, he, with the great um, plays he made against them. And the Union haven't, perhaps it's probably the right the Union are in and somewhat has contributed to how he, his struggles. Maybe I think because the Union, apart from that Toronto game, I can't really think of a game in which the Union have gotten the ball down. And it's been a, in a pretty open game. They've been able to control the game in spousal possession, let their players do their own things. I can't, apart from that Toronto game, I can't think of another game they've done it. Portland, uh, Cop- maybe? Uh, maybe Portland. Obviously, Gazdag, yeah. I don't think, was there then. No, he wasn't. But then, against like, Montreal would have been the perfect game, I think, if they had the Union have gone one them up. That would have been the perfect game. But obviously, they didn't. They won one down, and they were playing against a team that was uh, sitting deep. And again, for uh, for a midfielder like Garzdag, when you have to face up against a team that's sitting deep, the way that you play the game, the way the options for you become very limited as opposed to what he probably could have had if it's still a nil-nil game in Montreal, or even if the Union won up and the Montreal have to chase the game, you can hit them on the break. They're going to be much more open, much more expansive, and that allows the Union to be much more expansive themselves. But, I mean... Yeah, it's sorry. Just, I mean, just, go ahead, finish your thought. It's just playing to his strengths. And obviously, the way the Union play just doesn't play to his strengths. Agreed. So, and that's, it's tough because Jim said it today. You know, the four four two is here to stay. We're not going to break away from this as of yet. Unfortunately, it does seem like Gazdag is going to continue to be in the lineup. Unless yeah. Jim has just had enough and that's it. I mean, you could argue he just hasn't had a lot of experience with this club. You could argue the tough schedule at times. You could argue a lot of things. I agree with you, though. I don't think there's a position for him to play that fits his style well enough. So I completely agree with what you said. If that's the case, if you're going to leave Gazdag in the lineup, then you have to figure out how you're going to do the midfield better. And I guess that would put Miro at the eight. But does Martinez then you need play to the six the- over Flock? Or who would you put then at the six? And you keep going Martinez, or do you put Flock back there? It's a frust- I mean, honestly, I think Martinez is better going forward than Flark. I think he's okay. more creative. He's more adventurous. He's more willing to take risks. And he's a bit quicker as well. I mean, that might, maybe Martinez might not. His end product, as we've seen, isn't very good. Mm-hmm. But at least he's when he is on the ball, he's willing to take risks. He's willing to drive up the pitch. And you get him away from the edge of the, edge of the penalty area when he's doing these stupid turns. Um, but again, it's playing to your players' strengths. And it's clear that some of these players don't fit Jim Curtin's system to the way that he likes it. We saw it last year in some games where the Union did go 4-2-3-1 and they did look better going forward and they did look better in attack. They looked more balanced. And I think it'll be perfect for this team because 
it could easily work over 43-1 and you have um, well, probably Bedoya and Flack or Bedoya and Martinez in the middle. We can have Bedoya and Martinez in the middle. Um, sorry, Martinez and Flack in the middle. Bedoya on one side, maybe Sergio Santos on the other. Gazdag in the 10 and Shabirka up front or even if you have Montero out wide. and It's just plenty of player strengths and then Gazdag then if he is in a three attacking midfield yeah. he's then got other options around him as opposed to when he's in the 10 where again he's in isolated in on his own he hasn't got players when he looks up sort of he has to go he either has to um, take a risk or he has to go negative he has to be negative and play the ball back to like Bedoya and Flark so I mean he could I think potentially a formation change could work to actually fit to the personnel that you've got that's, I think that's just me perhaps looking too much into it but I think a formation change would be the best thing for the union right now. I agree. Um, I mean, we're going to certainly see a formation change next week. I don't think that's without a question. Uh, if you want, we can kind of go into that, that matchup now that the, the union play tomorrow night uh, at seven 30 against new England revolution. So we're missing eight yeah. players total. We're missing the seven who have been sent off for uh, international duty as well as Jack Elliott. So have you thought of a lineup yet for this for this particular um, match? New England, um, obviously, it'd be nice if the Union did potentially play the kids. Um, that'd be quite a nice thing for them to do. We saw what they did in the game against uh, New England in New England, and quite frankly, um, they look better with the kids than they did when they brought all the starters in. Yep, um, we've been saying that a few times this season. It's kind of funny, then, isn't it? <laughs> and then that then begs the question: looks at how important Sergio Santos's pace and expansiveness is, because I mean they brought Jabirko on, and they immediately looked isolated in attack. They had nothing going forward, tipped right. them on the break. Um, obviously, I think with Ellie out, it eliminates the possibility of playing a four at the back. Um, no, five at the back. Sorry, but. I don't know if we see Darvo. That I don't think Jim thinks he's ready. Jim, we saw with Garzdag. It took Garzdag a while to actually break into the team. When he did come in, he obviously start. He was on the bench for the first few games, and then finally sort of integrated his way in. But maybe he'll do the same with Darvo. So Ilsenio is out, um, and they said he might be ready for Club America. Uh, so the back four. So I'm assuming Bendik plays. I don't. I don't think Freeze plays. I think they go Bendik, yeah. because I don't. I don't think Bendik deserved to get benched for Freeze on that one match after the DC United game. I thought he Man. played fine. I mean, granted, you could argue both have had their moments in their brief stints on on the on the field this this year. So let's go Bendik. You're gonna go Kai, uh, Finley, and Glessness. You know, Finley and Glessness, the two center backs, yeah. and then a right back. I wouldn't mind seeing Harriel just to try something different. I think Matt Real ends up taking the spot, and Matt Real is going to be there. I think it should be Matt Real too. I, I don't think Harriel's ready to play against top the top team in the MLS at home. Even if it is at home, I think he's ready. Yeah, the midfield. I, I so the midfield you're missing Jamiro, and you're missing Gazdag. So yeah. and, and you're missing, missing Ho- and you're missing Martinez. You're missing three of the midfield, which is, might not be a bad thing. Honestly, if you really think about it, it might not be a bad thing. And now this is, of course, going to if they're going on a four-four-two. So I'm just I'm just going to give you the lineup based on that particular formation because Jim didn't necessarily rule out the formation. He just said, "We you know we're going to wait yeah. and see." So um, 
I would put Flock at the six. I think I think he's earned that to be the six in that situation. You're gonna go Jack McGlynn on the left. Yeah. And then you go Fontana at the ten. And then if Bedoy is hurt, I'm assuming you go Sullivan. Um yeah, I'd say so, yeah. Because in the top can say the same. You're still gonna have uh Casper and you'll still have Sergio as long as Sergio's hamstring is still okay. So the top yeah. is not gonna change. Because Orsino's out injured, obviously. So Orsino yes. won't play. Um no. but yeah, I mean obviously I think you have to play Sergio and hope that Sergio can get through the ninety minutes injury free. That'd be huge. <laughs> that's that's the hope there. <laughs> yeah. But um, even then, I guess if Darvo's this guy that's meant to have pace and he's meant to be a player that's going to set teams alight and make them scared of his pace and make a play perhaps a bit more, a bit deeper. This could work out, but it it could be a perfect game because I think that's what also happens. I think you see it a lot when teams do take off players with pace. Mm-hmm. Um, the Teams feel a bit more confident. They're going to push their defence up further up the field, perhaps pin you in a bit deeper. And I think we saw that in the New England game where they did take Sergio off because I think with that bit of pace, defenders think if we drop an extra five yards, we'll probably have enough to get cover us out, cover our own backs. Whereas right. as soon as you're playing a slower, more well-built striker like Casper Jaberko, they know, okay, we can push up on the halfway line. Perhaps we can even push up five, ten yards inside their half and pin them in. Because he's not going to get, he's not going to beat us for pace, and I think that's probably hampered the union again. Like the lack of pace hampers the union in the sense that teams feel more inclined to actually push deeper in on them and push them in because of the way in which they lack pace. They haven't got anyone that directly could hurt them on the counter, as we see. Like the union like to hit teams on the counter, but it's a lot more slow pace. Get the ball and work the way up the field as the opposition to try and re rearrange themselves defensively. So, I mean, obviously, I think if the Union are going to try and win this game, they need to have at least some pace up front up front the entire 90 minutes. Even if you stick Quinn Sullivan up front for like 15, 20 minutes at the end, they need to have some recurring pace up front to keep the defenders on their toes, keep them dropped off, and then to give them more space to um, sort of work the lines, move up the field on the counter-attack. So, I, I'm, one thing I'm excited about in particular, and this is kind of what I was excited about the last time we played the Revolution, was the speed that the midfield is going to have and the yeah. offensive capabilities that the, the midfield will have with McGlynn there compared to uh, Flock, for example, yeah. on the left. So I'm excited for that. Um, now, the bench will not have Il Senior, like I mentioned. So you're going to have Davo, Paxson Aronson. I'm assuming Collins going to be there. Bendick. Uh, Bendick or Freese, whoever you alternate there. And Harry L. Yeah. Am I missing anybody there? Hmm. I think I got everybody. I know Bueno's not here yet. I don't know when the hell he's going to no. come. It's so. Oh, you have yeah. the. Uh, no, that's it. So th- that's that's the formation. I don't see Jim going to the bench heavily unless no. something needs to happen. I expect Paxson to have at least, you know, maybe 20 minutes or so. Um, Bedoya, I wouldn't mind if he just sits Bedoya if, if he's moderately hurt if he's not 100 percent, i say just sit him and let him rest and yeah let us have at it with the kids in hand i mean even though ali's been an up and down player this year i think that he still does provide a leadership on the on the field and yeah and okay here's a question for you i'm going to segue a bit with the leadership standpoint of things 
So I saw a lot of people online upset about this team's character after the loss to DC for two reasons. One, the, the last goal that Kai gave up, uh, where they basically the team just stopped running and, you know, yeah. uh, flock it's, you know, embarrassed one-on-one and, and then boom, that's it. The second thing was when Jose Martinez took the shot from 35 yards out and you see, Fon- yeah. uh, not Fontana, uh, Sullivan actively upset with him. And you can kind of tell Jose, you can see Jose kind of mouthing off to him. Yeah. Do you think this team has any sort of cultural or locker room or any sort of chemistry issues and um, that are just being exposed now that they're, they're coming out. I don't think and so. And I'm not no. saying, and I'm not saying this is Ali's fault because I did kind of say he, he's a captain, he's a leader. I'm not saying it's Ali's fault, but I'm saying just as a whole, are the leaders doing enough to keep this team unified despite how poorly they're playing? Um, no, I don't think there is any, any sort of dressing room or locker room sort of, um, well, mishap, well, mishaps or anger to first. Um, towards each other. I think that's more frustration of the situation, what's going on. I think you'll see it in a lot of team spots. I mean, I mean, you'll see it in the NFL. We'll see it in the NFL next Thursday. We'll see it in the NFL next weekend where the team will miss a play or some will do something they shouldn't have done. And pl- people argue with each other. We'll see people argue on the touchline. I don't think it ha- has a bearing on the actual dressing room or locker room sort of um Characters and dressing room sort of environment. I think it's just general frustration in the actual game. So I don't, I'm not worried about that. Sometimes you do argue on the pitch. You go, "Why have you made that pass?" Or, "Come on, I was, I was strong goal." Or it, that happens all the time. So I don't think that's an issue. But um, quite obviously, quickly as well, looking towards the actual bench of the team, we could see a rare Cole Turner signing on the bench. That's true. I, you know, he's one of the forgotten homegrowns that nobody really ever yeah. talks about as him. So that's a good point. Um, yeah, there's a lot. There are some options there, not something that maybe you feel super confident about. <laughs> there are options yeah. back there. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about what you just I think you're right. I think people, when they are frustrated at their teams, see the team frustrated and then automatically assume the worst. And I think as Eagles fans, we're, we've seen what, you know, what can happen when the locker room gets, gets a bit uh, tense. Yeah. But I agree with you. These players are playing at a high level. They're playing, uh, you know, for you know, they're playing this as a career. This is their daily job. They have a lot of passion, yeah, yeah. They put a lot of time and effort into it. So you're going to see arguments, and that happens in any work area, any work environment. You're going to see times when people butt heads, and that's perfectly fine. I think what would make me more upset is if they stop playing, or yeah. they yelled at curtain, or it was, or they started fighting on the sidelines more. I would be more upset by that than them yelling at each other on, on the soccer pitch because it, you're right. It's it's the heat of the moment. Like a striker is always going to think he's open type of thing or, you know, people, especially like, you know, uh, Quinn Sullivan, who's done so well in the short time he's had, he's, he's demanding the ball. He wants the ball. He doesn't want to see Martinez blow another offensive drive by just kicking it over the net. Yeah. So I understand it. I think it's kind of silly. I mean, that's just the way – the Twitter sphere and internet works nowadays is that people just get overly panicked and overly hyped and yeah. overly scared. But it does beg a question. Is it a little too early to panic or do you think the panic button is mm-hmm. you're starting to put your hand over it? Do you think you're starting to hover over the panic button a bit? I'm what do you think? Panic. Because, I'm not going to panic yet. Yes, yeah, go ahead. Because this team could easily find the spark and go on a good run. For I mean, who knows? honestly, who knows? But I mean, 
But I was, I was going to say, I think it'd be, I'd be more concerned if I didn't see players getting frustrated with each other and being frustrated in general, as opposed to um, sort of not caring if people just sort of, as soon as they saw Martins had the shot and uh, Sullivan just sort of put his head down and carried on walking back or stuff like that. The fact that they're sort of arguing with each other, they're making a point to each other, shows that they care, shows that they still want to win. They've got that fighting desire. So I've got no issues with players arguing. I just, regarding the panic button, I'm not going to click. I, I'm not going to be pushing down on it yet. I'm not too worried about it yet. I think I saw the stat: the Union haven't actually won a road game in ten. Which yeah, is it's been a long concerning. time since they won a road game. <laughs> it's slightly concerning, but I mean, like, I mean, they've lost. Well, I think let's go through their last ten league games. So while you're looking at that, real quick, I I will bring up the the table as we speak about the panic button, do you think the, the, the union, I almost said the Eagles. Oh my God. Do you think the union should panic yet? So right now the revolution are have 49 points. Orlando and Nashville are tied for 35 points, second and third respectively. The NYCFC has 34 points and the union have 32 points in fifth. Yeah. Okay. Below them is Montreal with 31. DC United has 30 and it's 27, 27 and so on. If they win tonight, tomorrow night, they push themselves to 35 points. Theoretically speaking, you're tied with Orlando for points. Yeah. You know, give or take, you might be second or third. So you're still right there. And yeah. also, I think I think sometimes with, when you follow a team closely, you sometimes forget about how the other teams are doing. And despite the union struggles, and I'm and I'm taking New England out of this equation because of how good they've played early on and pushed yeah. themselves to that position. The other teams around you aren't exactly leapfrogging you by leaps and bounds. No. They're all kind of hovering around you. We've talked already about this before. I don't want to go to Nashville and play a home game, right? Nashville yeah. has 11 draws on the, on the year. They have eight wins, 11 draws. It's not like, like they're playing amazing. But you I know, guess go the only thing you could counteract that with is the fact that if they're not playing well, they're not winning. Well, if they're not going to win, they're drawing. They've lost two games, which honestly in 21 games for a newer team, it's probably unheard of to lose that many games. They've lost the least games in the entirety of the MLS. So clearly they've got that grit about them. That if they're not going to win, they're going to draw. That's and true. The defensive record speaks volumes about that as well. They've only conceded 20 goals. Uh, the second least amount in the Eastern Conference behind New York City. But I mean, I think, again, obviously, they're not perhaps dominating games. They're not... They're not um, going out and beating teams by three or four goals every single week, but they're not losing games either. So I guess that's right. something to be also concerned about heading into the playoffs. But I think for the union, it's, I think, I know we're looking up the table and going, oh, they're only three points. I think they should be looking behind their shoulders a bit as well. I know yeah. Columbus are only five game, five points sorry, behind them, but listen, that can easily turn on the flip of a switch. That could be, that five points could be one game behind within the space of two games. We saw it so happen think, to Montreal and DC. We were we yeah. were ahead of them by a comfortable margin, and now we're barely in front of them because we yeah. weren't able to close out two games. Two games that we could have won against an opponent that is inferior to the Union. Well, maybe they're not inferior. Maybe the Union just aren't that good. I think that's yeah. I think everybody was so hyped up after last season, rightfully so. But you're losing a player like Mark McKenzie. Who is you appreciate his presence a lot in the in the center back position. But more importantly, you miss Brendan Aronson a lot this year. 
and you didn't yeah. realize how important he was to this team until you saw him, the team without him. Um, it, it's it's tough, and not to mention you're playing the the Champions League on top of your MLS schedule. So there's a lot there's a lot going on in terms of the scheduling. But I think you have to eventually argue and say maybe this team is a middle of the pack team. Maybe this team is a fifth seed and that's and that's just how we're going to be this year do you think yeah. they're playing less than what they can do or do you think this really is a union that we're, we should expect every single week um i think as you said i think the union are great this year though i think they are a mid i think they are a mid seeded team i don't think i mean as you meant i think we mentioned last week looking at the um Concraft champions league i don't know who i don't know if we were discussing it last week or Teams that have gone to, or might have seen on Twitter, but teams that have gone to the Concacaf Champions League semi-finals have right. uh, all like struggled and been uh, mid, proper mid-table. Like, they've been eighth, oh, they've been ninth, bad. tenth, yeah. seventh, maybe on the brink at seven, in, in the seventh spot. So I mean, the fact the Union are up there still competing is, is is very. It's a good sign. I mean, obviously, I think perhaps the big the, the amount of travelling they've had to do, the get the added games, the added pressurised games they've had has also probably taken its toll. So perhaps now, I mean, obviously, the camp, the, what's it called? The, I thought it was, the, the Champions League campaign is coming to an end very soon. Yeah. They've probably got, they've got Club America at home and then, then all they've got to do then, like, in fact, the next game after New England is Club America at home. So then after that, it's actually all eyes on the MLS and they've got, I think about, what, eight or nine games. Do you think it's, and you don't want to ever see your team lose, but you think it'd almost be better if they lost. Like obviously, um, they got kicked out of the tournament just so they can focus on MLS because that, um, I think that that has been in the back of their minds and it has yeah. been interfering with the schedule. I mean, I'm not going to say I think it'd be great if they were to get eliminated because I think, um, obviously, I think um, I'd love them to win it. I think them winning the Concacaf Champions League would be bigger than the MLS playoffs. No, of course, but. I think you've got to look at that game in three weeks, well, two weeks with a realistic head, with a realistic sort of point of view, and know that they aren't going to win that game. I, I'm going to hand on heart say now, I will be really shocked if they end up progressing to the final. I do not see them get. I don't see them getting through this. I don't see them overturning that deficit. Yes, I really don't. I really no. don't see it. As I would be. Though. I would be shocked. It is on a Wednesday though, and they play pretty damn good on Wednesday. Yeah. So you know what? Hey, who knows? It's not over yet. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, they can pull off a game like they did against um, Toronto. Who knows? I really don't think they're going to get through it. So again, I'm looking after that Club America game. I'm looking at it from the perspective all they've got is the MLS to focus on. That's uh, my opinions on things. Uh, I think that's pretty much about all bases covered, really, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. Do you want to do a quick score and then we'll wrap it up with the ads? So, yeah, sure. I mean, <laughs> I'll go one-one draw. I think that both teams are deflated. The Union aren't exactly playing at 100% or playing with players at 100%. So I'm going to go 1-1 one, one draw standard. I'll go, unfortunately, I think they'll lose. I think they'll be a 1-0 one, one loss. But I hope Boom. I hope we see a positive, a, a moral victory, for lack of better <laughs> words. I want to see them just play freaking good. That's it. Just play well. Yeah. Give me some hope for the future and just we'll move on to Club America and then that's it. Yeah. All right, man. This, let's get these sponsors going. You got it up there, and I'll uh, pop this on yeah. the screen. Here I we go. got it, man. So, obviously, we'll start with Manscaped. If you're looking for the perfect gift for your man, why not get in the Manscaped Lawmower 4.0? You heard that right. The Lawmower 4.0. 
Get 20% off and free shipping with the code AATBirds at manscaped.com. Imagine surprising your man with a sleek, well-designed and optimized body hair trimmer that says your balls will thank you. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code AATBirds. Now with Oddsjam, Oddsjam is the number one software platform for sportsbook bandits. Obviously Mike over here is one. Um, their software shows you how to make risk-free cash off FanDuel, DraftKings and other sportsbooks with the arbitrage calculator. And never lose a bet again. So sign up today at oddsjam.com forward slash AAT birds. Now check out Statement Games Incorporated for a fun and new way for fantasy sports and entertainment as well. You can win gift cards and prizes and much more. And it's free to sign up. So sign up at statementgames.com. Um, I think I don't know if the link's below, but sign up at statementgames.com. Uh, and then obviously 99jerseys.com a very popular website and very popular place to buy jerseys on this uh for the all about um all about the birds and all authentic it's all authentic sports brand all, uh, all so authentic talk yep all authentic talk sports uh 99% 99jerseys.com get 20% off your next order by using the discount code aatbirds20 check out your the wine selection of quality kickass jerseys and your favorite sports movie characters and throwback jerseys are some of your favorite stars so again order 99jersey.com and save 20% off by using the discount code aatbirds i know chip has uh, used that website a few times he's got some really cool jerseys that he loves wearing uh and then the aat birds shop you can get your across-the-pitch gear and your AAT Birds Network gear from all our shows at aatbirdshop.com. That's the original across-the-pitch shirt. And there it is. That's um, another awesome shirt that our guy Johnny our guy Johnny designed. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, uh, if you're watching us today on Twitter, Facebook, uh, YouTube, and you follow, like, and subscribe and share on all of, all of the All About the Birds social media platforms and soon to be all authentic talks, uh, sports media as well, because we're branching out, not just to the Eagles, we're branching out the page to all Philadelphia sports. Um, so again, follow all of our content. So AAT sports, um, underscore. With the underscore below. And you've also got AAT Birds to follow as well for all your exclusive Eagles content. Um, so again, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. And if you missed the show, um, if you missed last night's big Wednesday report, which uh, Mike was actually on, um, you can not only watch, you can not only listen on Apple Podcasts, you can also rewatch it on YouTube. And if you obviously, if you're watching us live on Twitter tonight, you can actually rewatch the, you can actually rewatch the show live on Twitter, live on Facebook. So you've got plenty of avenues to rewatch uh, our past shows. And if you want to rewatch tonight's show, again, you can either listen to Apple Podcasts after we've uploaded it. Rewatch on YouTube, rewatch on Twitter, whatever. But again, make sure you subscribe to anything about all, all about the birds and all authentic talk sports and make sure to get notified for new content and leave us a review and that'd be greatly appreciated. So not only what me and Mike know what we can perhaps change in the future, the entire page, we know what we can change, what we can help to cater to your needs. So uh, thank you again, everyone, for listening in tonight. Uh, a bit of a shorter show than usual. Obviously, the union... Well, after this, Union go off on a two-week break and then they come back in action against the Club America and the CONCACAF Champions League. So next week will be a bit more of a relaxed show. Uh, Thursday night football, the first game in the NFL season, will be played during our shows. So make sure if you want to listen in, listen in. If not, you know where to hit us on the uh, on the Friday morning or Friday afternoon, whatever you're doing. Thank yes, you for listening, sir. guys, and we'll see you guys next week. Here's a commercial from Manscaped. Attention listeners across the galaxy. All the way from Australia to Houston, 
Do we have a pube problem? If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new Lawnmower 4.0. Kick your pubes to the next planet with the Performance Package 4.0. The orbits in your pants will feel like you're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job from the leaders in male grooming. Join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code AATBIRDS. Ready for an out-of-world experience, fellas? Look no further than the Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped that has just taken off in not only the USA, but Canada, UK, across Europe, Australia, South Africa, and Singapore. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold your whole solar system. First, scheduled for liftoff, new Lawnmower 4.0 Trimmer. This spaceship is here to guide you on a journey to trim your body, balls, butt, and even Uranus. This fourth generation trimmer also features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor, a new multifunction on off switch, can engage a travel lock, and is even waterproof. The Lawnmower 4.0 also has a 4,000K LED spotlight you can turn on and off when needed for a more precise shave throughout your travels across the universe. The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker. It's like having a little astronaut to chop your worst weeds up top in your nose and ear. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof and uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. Don't forget to use Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and their Crop Reviver to help your little planets be on their A-game while feeling the sun's heat. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Abort hairy balls and buzz lightyear that woody with Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code AATBIRDS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code AATBIRDS at manscaped.com. For a clean trinity and beyond, your space balls will thank you.